Tonight, God's Word comes to us from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15. We are going to pick up our reading at verse 35 and then read through the end of the chapter. First Corinthians 15, beginning at verse 35. What we hear now is God's word. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel perhaps of wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for star differs from star in glory. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man Adam became a living being, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, 
my beloved brothers. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, last time we looked at the beginning of chapter 15, Paul has been giving uh, instruction and correction to the Corinthian church, and they were asking questions about uh, the resurrection of the dead. And there were some we saw last time that were claiming that there is no resurrection of the dead. And if that were actually the case, Paul says, if that were the case, everything falls apart. We read from verse 14 last time, But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is in vain, your faith is in vain. And we are found to be misrepresenting God, because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it's true the dead are not raised. If the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sin. Paul says, if it's the case, there is no resurrection, Christ has not even been raised, and everything we believe falls apart. Our faith is futile, our preaching is futile, and we are still lost. But then he gives us that beautiful, unequivocal reminder, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And you can hear the detractors now still trying to, to ask questions about this resurrection of the dead. So Paul says, but someone will say, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? When we think about heaven, when we think about going to heaven, I think the picture I often get in my mind is a picture, if I can put it this way, that is perhaps too spiritual. In our catechism class this morning, we talked about the resurrection of the body. And I said to my catechumens, heaven will be filled with bodies, not just souls. Heaven is not just disembodied souls flying around. There will be bodies in heaven. That's the beauty of, of this teaching of Paul and the hope that we have, the resurrection of the body. Now, for the Greeks, this idea of a resurrected body, of a spiritual body, made absolutely no sense at all. Remember, Corinth is in Greece, and for them, the idea of a spiritual body didn't make any sense. For them... The spirit is that which was good, and the body was that which was bad. You can't have a spiritual body. They would say, at death, the soul is released from the prison house of the body. Why would we hope for a resurrection of the body? The body is bad. It belongs in the ground. A spiritual body made no sense to them. But this... This is the glorious truth and correction Paul wants to give for them. Because it gives them hope for the future, and it gives them direction for how to live even now. 
And as I was working with this text this past week, I thought how good it was for God in his providence to have us talk about these things tonight. For many, it's been a difficult week as we have lost loved ones. We will, in the days and weeks to come, lay their bodies in the ground. But tonight, we're reminded once again, that is not the end. That is not the end. There will be a resurrection, a spiritual body. So Paul says, someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? You foolish person, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. Paul is going to use some very real, homey pictures, some very easily accessible pictures to teach them the truth of what he wants to instruct them. He says in verse 37, And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps like wheat or some kind of other grain. God gives it a body as he has chosen to each kind of seed. What you sow is not the body that will be. So if we're asking, what is this spiritual body? What kind of body is this? And Paul says, don't you get it? Just look around even to the farmers. What you sow isn't what's going to come up. Kids, if you want to grow corn, if you want to grow corn, you don't take a full-grown, six-foot-high corn stalk and dig dig a big old hole and put that whole corn stalk in the ground. You know that. You don't have to come from Iowa to know that. You don't grow corn that way. Corn is grown from little, tiny seeds. And in fact, if you looked at that big corn stalk with the leaves and the tassels and the ears, unless you pulled the husk back on one of those ears, you wouldn't even recognize that that plant came from a couple little seeds. Paul says, don't you get it? You don't plant the body that is. There is a transformation that goes on. What kind of body will will be raised with? A glorified body. A spiritual body. It will be similar to that which we have, but different. Transformed change, even like a seed. What you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat, or of some other kind of grain, and God gives it a body that he has chosen, and to each kind of seed, its own body. Paul says, look around. There's different kinds of flesh, verse 39. For not all flesh is the same, but there's one kind for humans, another kind for animals, another kind for birds, another kind for fish. Paul says, just look around. Even our own bodies aren't all the same. We have differences. Humans look different than animals. Fish look different than birds. Think of a fish, children. Fish is really uh, sleek and slippery. He's got a really skin that the water just kind of, he can slice through the water. Now imagine, imagine if that fish, instead of having those sleek scales, that fish had thick fur. 
Well, that fish would get in the water and the fur would start to get heavier and heavier and heavier and the fish would end up at the bottom. That doesn't make any sense. God gives the appropriate body to every creature and they're all different. And so it will be with that resurrected body. It will be perfect for what that body is. A spiritual body, each with their own glory. He talks about the heavenly bodies. Verse 30, uh, 41, there is one glory of the sun, one glory of the moon, one glory of the stars, and the stars differ in glory, but each glorious, each wonderful, each perfect as God has appointed it. What kind of body will there be in the resurrection? He says, verse 42, so it is with the resurrection of the body. What is sown is perishable. What is raised, imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Exactly as God has determined. Now we don't know exactly what that body will look like, but we know it will happen. There will be a resurrection of the body. This body, resurrected, changed, it's planted in imperfection. It's planted in weakness. It's planted in dishonor. But it's raised in glory. God provides a body appropriate. And that is our hope and that is our comfort every time we stand at a graveside. That this which is sown here is that which is perishable. This is evidence of it. It's perishable. It's weak, it's frail, but it will be raised imperishable. It will be raised in power. It will be raised in glory. This is, this is Paul's initial answer to the question, what kind of body? The kind God has determined. Perfect for that resurrected state and assured that what is planted will rise again. He goes on. He now is going to argue his point once again, this time talking about Adam and Christ. He did that last time too, making a parallel between Adam and Christ. He says, if there is a natural body, there is a spiritual body. Verse 45, thus it is written, the first man, Adam, was a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Adam and Christ a parallel is being drawn. Just like last time in verse 21, he said, for as by a man came death, that was Adam, by a man, Jesus Christ, has also come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive. He's going to pick up on that Adam-Christ parallel. Verse 46, it is not the spiritual Christ that is first, but the natural Adam, and then the spiritual. There is an order that goes on. First, the natural body, that body in which we live now, and later, then, the spiritual body. He says in verse 47, the first man, Adam, was from the earth a man of dust, 
the second man a man of heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of dust. As was the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Those who are found in Adam, those who are human, those who have this physical body, know it is a body of dust. It is perishable. But those who are found in Jesus Christ will have this glorious spiritual body. We are all found in Adam. All of us are fleshly. All of us are bodily. But for those who are in Jesus Christ, the second man, the second Adam, there is a glorious resurrection body, a spiritual body to come. It is for those who are found in Christ and only for those who are found in Christ that we will be resurrected to glory. And so that's why once again tonight, God calls us, where do we see ourselves? Are we still only in Adam? Or have we embraced Jesus Christ and we find our life now in Him? Our life now and our life to come. God calls you tonight to put your faith not in that first Adam, the man who is fleshly, the man who is of dust, but put your faith in the second Adam, the man, the, the man who is a life-giving spirit because he was God himself, the one in whom we will have this glorious, resurrected, spiritual body. Paul says in verse 49, just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Some of you may have a footnote in your Bible uh, where it doesn't read, uh, we shall also bear the image, but it reads, let us bear the image. And I believe that's actually a better attested reading. What Paul is saying is, since we have this hope that we are not only in Adam, but we are also in Christ, since we know this to be true, then let us bear the image of that man of heaven. Let us look like what we are going to be. Those who will live with Christ forever. Right now, the hope of the resurrection, the resurrection of the body, a spiritual body, affects how we live. Because we know we are going to be taken to be with our Lord forever, and this body raised, we have to begin to look like the man of heaven, look like Jesus Christ. Because we've been found in Him, saved by Him. We need to continually be conformed into His image. The hope of the resurrection of the body is not only a hope for the future, but Paul says this affects how you live right now. The hope of glory affects this life. And he reminds them that this transition between natural body to spiritual body is something which is absolutely necessary. Verse 50, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Verse 53, for this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. There is a change that is required. 
We cannot live on forever. When we stand at the graveside, we're reminded this person will be raised once again. And it's necessary that they undergo this change. It's necessary that this physical body be planted. It might be raised a spiritual body. But once again, Paul, anticipating the voice of his detractors, says this change is necessary for all of us. Look at verse 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We won't all sleep. We won't all be buried. But we shall all be changed in the moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. This necessary translation, this necessary transformation is not only for the dead, but will be for those who are living at Christ's second coming. The perishable simply cannot inherit the imperishable. And so all of us will be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And Paul says when that happens, verse 54, when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that was written, death is swallowed up in victory. When that happens, when Christ comes again and raises all the living to their new spiritual bodies, when those who are left are changed, death itself is over. Death itself has been swallowed up in the victory gained by Jesus Christ. Death could not hold him, but he rose from the grave bodily, and he ascended to heaven bodily, the first fruits of those who he will take to be with him. The victory the victory that we have in Jesus Christ gives us hope and gives us comfort. Christ, the first fruits. We talked about that first fruits language last time. The first fruits given in anticipation of more to come. Christ, the first fruits from the dead, which means there's more to come. Christ with his resurrected spiritual body, which means there's more to come. More to come for all who are found in him. The grave is not the end. Death is swallowed up in victory. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can have every hope. We can have every confidence. We can have every assurance as we stand at the graveside of our loved ones, that this is not the end. For those who are in Christ Jesus, they will be raised imperishable. They will be raised in power. They will be raised with a spiritual body appointed by God for his glory. And so Paul says, since that is the case, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Once again, because we know our destiny, because we know we will be taken to be with the Lord and this body given a new spiritual body, the work we do right, right now matters. Be steadfast, be immovable, abound in the works of the Lord knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Live for Christ now because we will live with Christ eternally. 
Paul gives great assurance. He gives great hope and great comfort regarding the resurrection. For those who say there is no resurrection, Paul says that can't be the case because Christ himself has been raised. For those who who want to pry and say, how are they raised? What kind of body? Don't you understand, he says. These things are matters given by God, a glorious body, a transformed body, a spiritual body. And that will be for all those who are in Christ Jesus. And since we will live with him then, we must live for him now. Paul's encouragement to Corinth, Paul's encouragement to us. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we thank you for these wonderful, glorious truths. Truths that are certainly beyond our understanding. We would ask with the detractors, how are the dead raised? What kind of body will we have? And yet, these things are beyond us. You've revealed all we need to know. And that is that the perishable cannot inherit the imperishable. There must be a change. That which is sown a natural body will be raised a spiritual body. Lord God, thank you for this assurance. Thank you for this comfort. Thank you for this hope. That as we, as we know our loved ones who we have laid in the ground, that that is not their final resting place. But we look forward to that last day when the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised imperishable and all those living shall be changed when death itself is swallowed up in victory. May that glorious truth affect us even now that we conform ourselves to the image of the man who is spiritual. We might follow after Jesus Christ, love him and live for him every day of our life. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.